Welcome back to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. A podcast dedicated to everything Moon Knight for the weekly Moon Knight goodness. I'm one of your hosts, Connor. And I'm your other host, Ray. And this week, we will be looking at our classic and modern runs again. Uh, a bit of a short one with our classic run, which will see Defenders number 51, uh, Round with the Ringer. As well as we're finishing off the Res- Resurrection War arc with part four, uh, with issue four. Uh, alongside that, we've got news as usual. So, yep, sit back, relax, and get your conch on. Yes, welcome back. We've got uh, some lovely issues to cover. Uh, cover. We basically say goodbye to two... Uh, two series we've been following for a whopping four issues, so very touching goodbyes this episode, and we've got a, a nice nice bit of news to cover, but uh, stunning us off as always. Ray, how are you? Yeah, very well, Connor. Very well. We um, The Aussie loonies will be fortunate enough to have had a three-day weekend this weekend as we, uh, we celebrate Australia Day on the Friday. Uh, so yeah, it's been uh, just three days of of chillaxing, uh, catching up on comics, um, yeah, a bit of bit of spring cleaning here and there. But uh, um, yeah, generally quite quite chilled. Uh, how about yourself, Connor? Yep, likewise. Just been catching up on that pull list. I've been like a a month behind on something, so I've just pumping out just issues upon issues. Uh, stack slowly decreasing, but I'm still probably <laughs> only like halfway through it. So. That shows where I've been at with my comics, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, been great all round. Um, give uh, give a shout as we always do to like one of the top picks of the last week coming that uh, mm-hmm. um, Ewing sort of uh, had a big finale to his uh, human su- Inhuman saga with Inhuman's Judgment Day was oh, yes. which was as touching as it was beautiful in both art and story wise, and yeah, I think it's I think this is definitely one of my favorite eras for the Inhumans ever since. Um, Marvel now, who we're in currently for the mm-hmm. Marvel phase, now Marvel Legacy, but yeah, it's just been fantastic and it was just a great issue to yeah, n- not quite put an end, but you know, wrap some, wrap some things up for this uh, this incredible part of Inhuman history. Okay, so it ties things up rather well. I've actually got the issue myself on digital, but I didn't realise, Connor, so it, it is it a, number one, I guess, is, is it like a one shot and number two, is it meant to wrap up the Royals? Is that the whole idea? Yeah, yeah, that's it's okay. basically like Royals thirteen almost, and the fact that you know that's the end of sort of both series oh. in this one shot. Okay, so it is a one shot. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, oh, cool. Oh, I'm looking forward to reading it. it um, I, I thought it was a new Inhumans series. Actually, I thought it was like cause isn't it? Uh, it's tagged as number one, right? So I could get that wrong as well. I don't know. Oh, anyway, anyway, it was um, yeah, that's something to look forward to. Uh, what, what else? Hang on, let me have a look. What else came out? I, I read a couple of really good comics this week as well, Connor. Um, oh, that's right. I was catching up on Avengers: No Surrender. I um, so oh yes, yeah. We spoke about that last episode. Uh, I've caught up now up to uh, part three. Oh look, I'm really enjoying it as well. It's a bit of um, a bit of you know mindless fun, but it, it's it, it is enjoy it is entertaining. I must say. Yeah, I very much mean to pick it up. It seems like just something fun to have throughout the uh, throughout the weeks. Knowing it's a, you know, weekly comics can be hefty, but sometimes it uh, makes some things less worth the wait. So yeah, I look forward to picking that up. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the disappointments I will have to say, actually, I mentioned this to um, I mentioned this to Nick from Kings Comics. I had a bit of a chat with him in the store. Uh, I picked up finally the the last issue of um, James Stokoe's Dead Orbit came out in Aliens. Um, I'm, oh, yeah. not sure, I'm not sure if you've been collecting that, Connor, but it's been such a long time between part three and part four. And part four came out just just last week, I believe, or the week before. Um, but it was it was a it was a decent enough issue. It was mainly action, like hardly any dialogue. But just the mere fact that I really had already forgotten what had happened, um, you know, in part three, I think it really lost its momentum. By um, I don't know what the reason was, but uh, by issue four coming out so late, I think it really detracted from it. So that was a bit disappointing. A disappointing end to a uh, a really exciting book at the beginning. I remember we were both talking about it because James Stokoe did such great work with the uh, with Moon Knight in space um, during the Lemire run. Uh, it was just a bit of a disappointment with the, uh, the his aliens run. But uh, but there you go. Yeah, I, I suffered the same thing with um, Four Kids Walking to the Bank, you know, in a fantastic series, you know. Yeah. No one doesn't sing that series' praises, but picking up its singles, I think it was like the fifth issue, yeah. you know, despite how good a series it was, it took me like, um, you know, there was like a two, three-month waiting gap, and uh. or even longer than that, possibly, and by the time I picked it up, you know, I had to... I had to, like, put it on hold to reread everything before it because it was just, like, you know, a finale that almost didn't mean anything to me because it wasn't fresh enough in my head to get, like, the satisfaction. But definitely pick that one up and trade, and I imagine, you know, Dead Orbit will be the same, you know, that trade will be out soon enough, and I bet it will be a nice read. But, yeah, it's just, you know... And yeah, that yeah, that's usually never, you know, their fault. These are high no, quality no, comics for and sure. high quality comics take time, but mm-hmm. there's no denying it's a it's a it's a bummer and puts a hindrance on any series that is unfortunate enough to suffer it. Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, such as I guess the risk of a of a serial um you know, a serial publication. Um and uh yeah, as you say by all means it's not their fault. Um we are lucky with I guess the big two at least, Marvel and DC. At least they consistently um, bring things out. The only thing I can think of recently was Karnak, which um, which kind of lost a bit of its uh, momentum because uh, you know there were, I think, personal affairs that were were happening um, behind the scenes. So you know that's that's well and justified. But um, the big two generally seem to to bring things out consistently, which is good. Uh, and yeah, and, and I guess it's if you do look at uh, serial format versus trade format, I guess that is one reason on the trade side to, to get it. You know, if it reads really well one after the other, then um, then yeah, for sure. That, that, that's what you kind of have to have to um, have to read it as. So, um, but anyway, yeah, no, I mean, those were just a, a few of the comics, um, and, and, you know, just reading a lot of, um, old, old comics as well, Connor, I've actually, I managed to, to score three trades of Hercules, uh, from, oh, one, nice. yeah, from one of those Facebook sales, so I got them for really cheap, and, um, I can't wait to get into it as well, because Hercules is, is, oh, as you know, it's probably one of my favourite characters as well, and, um, and he features well enough in Avengers No, no Surrender, so it kind of, Got me, got me pumped to to read more Hercules. Uh, have had you bought any uh, any old runs, or are you reading any older runs now, Connor? Um, <laughs> I'm doing another like I don't know, 
Oh, you are. Half yeah. yearly reread yeah. of Transformers, I suppose. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> taken up a bit of my time. Mm-hmm. Nothing, uh, nothing quite, but I suppose I'll include this now because it's technically a news item while not, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, speaking of good cheap sales that I'll, I mean, I'll probably pick up something, um, you know, fairly soon. Um, you know, Amazon, uh, Amazon's Kindle is having one of those big Marvel yeah. sales where you get volumes for like three bucks. I can get all three Lemire and Ellis volumes for like three bucks a pop. And mm. yeah, I'm pretty sure I want to, I want to go back on that. I've been hearing, um, one of the chats both Ray and I are in have been, has been pretty Namor centric for a bit. That's yes, got me it has. hankering to go back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, check out a character I've never checked up. Um, ecstatic actually is something I want to go back to Peter Milligan run from, the early 2000s, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I've got to um, recommend, it's, it was probably on that chat that we were, you were mentioning, Connor, uh, one of the chat members, Darcy, and I had uh, mentioned, and I'm rereading it now at the moment, it's uh, it's Namor, the 2003 run, um, and it's on Marvel Unlimited as well, if you, if you want to read it there, which is what I'm doing, but it's a really cool, uh, tight 12-issue run. Um, uh, broken up into two arcs, and it's it's about Namor in his earlier years, uh, when he's when he's kind of like a I guess a teenager, um, and he's still the prince, um, and his grandfather's the king. Uh, really good issue, uh, really good series. So highly recommend that for you, Connor, as well. Awesome. All right. Mm. But yeah, that was the first bit of news, eh? So um, so there is a huge Kindle sale going on at the moment, and I had a check today as well, and they are dirt cheap, some of the things. Like, I was, funnily enough, looking at a lot of uh, Namor Submariner, like Master Masterworks, you know, those kind of volumes. Um, but yeah, really cheap, up to like 80% off, so... Uh, and Looney's out there, anyone that's keen, um, go check out the Kindle store. And just a reminder as well, like if you are part of Comixology, Kindle works easy, like in Comixology as well. It actually imports all your Kindle lists as well. So you can technically not only um, just buy your stuff from Comixology, it's all part of the same thing under Amazon. Um, you can go to the Kindle store, and that should work fine on your tablet as well. Um, yeah, yep. Uh, what have we got? We've got number two here, Connor. There's a, a little article here on musicians. Yes, actually, just a um, I found something here from as I learned as I was finishing up the article from Australia's own uh, Chris Neal, who's a particularly fantastic um writer. I know him from the uh, Serious Issues Facebook page, actually. Oh, just great takes on um. You know, comics, he's done some great stuff on music in comics before and around those, how those two interlink. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, this was just like a, a fun little couple page article of, uh, you know, from stage to page, a guide to musicians who write comics. And it's just a rundown of musicians you know who write, um, comics. And it was just a, you know, it was lovely to see, uh, Max Bemis on the yes. very first page, like the second or yeah, third. Yeah, he one gets featured. I actually haven't read this article. That's pretty great. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, no, nothing more to it. It's like a quick entry for him. Is you know, there's like something odd musicians here, but it was lovely to see him in the positive light and first and foremost. Yeah, it's um, I haven't actually read this issue, uh, this article, but yeah, it's good to see Mr. Bemis there, um, and a big splash on uh, the worst X Men ever. It's still something I haven't read, uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's great. His music's good as well. I, I don't, I, I like his music actually. Um, but yeah, we we certainly have. There's certainly a few more there um, to go through. Sorry, Con. What, what were the other standouts um, there for you? Um, 
Oh, that was sort of the only reason I included it. It's just like uh, a nice yeah. little list of um, just musicians. You know, we've got uh, Gerard Way, Jeffrey Lewis, yeah. uh, Gene Simmons, Alice Cooper, like some... Mm-hmm. Oh, Method Man as well. Some Wouldn't he be there? comics, some great... Yeah? Yeah, artists have um, written. Okay. I didn't realise Courtney Hole actually wrote, so- wrote something. That's amazing. Courtney Hole, who... Uh, the, the wife or widow of, of Kurt Cobain... Uh, front woman to to Hole, oh, okay. which is a yeah very successful '90s band, very kind of grungy band. Wow, I didn't realise she was in there as well. But um, yep, Max Bemis is actually on the top of my list. <laughs> no uh, no surprises as to why. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, uh, next bit of uh, news we have for you, loonies, is uh, this was posted up on our Facebook group, uh, and it's been around the internets, the intertraps. Um, and it's uh, the Damnation trailer from Marvel. They release it behind the scenes, and they actually uh, interview both Nick Lowe, who is uh, one of the editors, I think, and um, and Donny Cates. And it's a uh, it's, it's a small tight package on, I guess, the the upcoming Damnation uh, event, which is coming late, mid to late February, which we're all very excited for. Uh, and it's a yeah, it's a nice little uh, little video. Uh, didn't really um, disclose much more, Connor. I'd say than what we already know, but it uh, it was there to kind of keep the juices flowing for for this upcoming event. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Like. Uh, yeah. You you covered it pretty well. You know, nothing mm. new, but we did get to see some uh, new art from artist Rod Rays, which looks yep. just oh. absolutely stunning. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, we know a bit more about you know what summons Mephisto. There's some cool shots to like, um, you know, hotels and casinos being run by the demon lord Mephisto, which adds a bit of fun to this crazy event. But yeah, you know this mm-hmm. uh, this event's like three weeks out from this podcast, or like four weeks when we finally get around to talking it on here. So it's yeah, we'll it's have a- extremely close. You know, they're probably not wanting to disclose much more, but yeah, um, we cannot wait yeah we'll we'll have our hands busy Connor. there'll be a lot of current comics we we'll be reviewing um also on this as well there was a a release of an image um of of it um dr strange as well as a few others behind these fiery fiery bars um and one of the the takeaways from that i i found was great was uh well one we see the man thing as well but we see elsa bloodstone as well so more characters um part of this hey. big event um mm, i cannot wait for elsa bloodstone she's she's i reckon i really enjoyed her run in um in secret wars uh, i believe she was in a zombie was that zombie land or something she marvel zombies there was a it was a mini um tie-in and uh she, she was excellent in that and in next wave of course as well so it's good to see her uh, out and about. I th- I think she's in Monsters Unleashed, right? But I don't collect that. Yes. Are you familiar with Mon- yes. Yeah, yeah. So she's a staple in yeah, that. She's, she's in it. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. She became. Um, yeah. That. I wasn't too keen on getting Monsters Unleashed, only because yeah, it, it, I don't know, it just didn't appeal to me. But she's one of the things I would have um, would have read it on. But uh, yeah, it was a good piece of art here, Connor. Yeah. Yeah. For, uh... For sure. Yeah, we um, had... Yeah, Mr. Yeah, Mr. I, I just... Yeah. Um, that's a Rod Reyes cover too. Mm-hmm. I think oh, so. Oh, Man-Thing there as well. Yeah. Man-Thing's awesome. He... Yeah, because he's very much in the mystical kind of realm as well, which is is quite strange. Um, 
And uh, yeah, we have Mr. Knight in the corner there, which is great to see. And uh, and it is weird to see the Scarlet Spider um, there, Ben Riley. But uh, you know, there's something comfort- comforting knowing that there's a a, a spider hero involved because they're always quite uh, resilient and um, they can yeah it's a bit of a big hitter as well yeah yeah I suppose it's important for him to be in his town yeah. you know I think um, there's always that superhero notion of like you know this is in their hometown why are they here but you know yeah. Scarlet Spidey just wants to protect his home I think. exactly I don't know I don't read that one maybe yeah. he hates it yeah, me, <laughs> yeah, me too. And um, I, I think um, I might pick this up as a digital. I'm wavering whether to pick this up as a digital or I think, as we mentioned last episode, um, you know, when the trade is eventually available. I mean, because I'm pretty keen on getting the trade, uh, then at least the Scarlet Spider tines will be a bit of a bonus when you get the trade. Um, so, um, yeah, thinking one of one of the two. We'll see how we go. Um, Next bit of news, con is a is a big one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> massive, massive preview of uh, Moon Knight one ninety one. Like I don't mm. know how many pages I'll count now, but yeah, woof. I know it's a big one, and and uh, similar to last time, I think you uh, you have devoured all of those pages, yeah, Connor. Oh look, I can't. <laughs> There's a preview. I eat it yeah. up. Yeah, um, it looks sure. great. I think. I don't know. This I think this one will deliver fantastically, and it just gets me more hyped. But it is a lot of pages. Like I do not know if I've ever seen a preview this big before. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. I skimmed it so because uh, I don't want to be spoiled. But it uh, it's a good what six pages or something, isn't it? Something like that. It it um I tried yeah, like eight with the eight. um like the uh, text page. Oh jeez. Okay. So, yeah, like so say so say take that away. So say seven. So that's like a good third of the comic already. Um and I guess it will give a good impression and um there was a, a lot of talk from previous issue one ninety. There was a lot of division as to whether it was a good issue or not, with a lot of the topics raised. Um what was your impression, Connor, so far? I mean we'll cover this next issue when it when it comes out, next episode. But uh what were your impressions? Is Bemis and Burroughs back on back on track, or or how do you say? It? Yeah, this was a real case of the previous issue being one half of a of, of a of a greater issue. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think everything that I had a um I had my own problems with. Yeah. I think just it's just it's just here. It's solved. It's everything I wanted attached to that previous issue. Just split up monthly. I think. Oh, good. I mean, I I I bet it will still be devices uh, divisive. There's no doubt about that. But me personally, I'm, I'm I'm still pretty on. I'm still. I mean, I'm always on board. Like the <laughs> issue didn't last issue didn't kill it for me, but it most certainly made me go. Yeah, I love these two. I fucking I fucking love Beamus and Burrows. Yeah, I, I love them. They, 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 they it's are... okay. I I'm still marrying them. <laughs> they they are good looking. Hey, it's um, I think a bit of time does help <laughs> as well. You know, like they did shake the tree a yeah. bit, and and I find myself not as um, I don't know, not as frustrated or, or whatever at the issue anymore. Like it is what it is, um, and you know, I, I gave it another little read again, and uh, you know, I think time kind of <laughs> heals everything, and and it wasn't as bad. <laughs> so um, yeah, so looking forward to this one, um, but yeah. Not wanting to be spoilt. Um, trying to get us on the list again, Connor, for, for previews. Look, I'm thinking if they can release seven pages of previews, uh, Marvel surely have 
uh, you know, have a list where they distribute some some previews that would love to receive them. Look, if we do receive them, and if Marvel are listening right now, look, well, I'll rail read them. <laughs> so uh, there's, there's, there's no issue with that. Um, but, yeah, so we'll try to do that, um, try to get that happening. But, yeah, a massive preview. Um, I can't really speak too much more about it, Connor, because I haven't really read it. And, um, yeah, I don't know what's up ahead. I'm assuming the art is good still and... Uh, yeah. Um, did it reveal anything? Like, uh, I'm sure it wouldn't have. It's a preview, right? Or... I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> okay. We're a week out. We'll be at this place in a week's time. That's true. It for you. you have about four days till everyone's getting in this hot little hands. That's true. But I think it'll definitely be worth the wait. Exactly. And look, um, we'll... we'll post up uh, access to the previous if you do want to have a look at it um as always on our facebook group we'll post up a spoiler thread uh, once the issue is officially out there in the world uh and uh yeah we can get to discussing so that will be that'll be a lot of fun um next uh line of business here connor uh, it's just a small thing i put in because I, I i just uh i came across a couple of the chats that you were i guess you were having in, in the groups that we're in um so with Moon Knight alumni, uh, Marvel released, I think, Legion out just recently as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With, um... with Torres? Yes, Wilfredo Torres. Wilfredo is doing, Torres. like, absolutely just crazy, wonderful art on that issue. Like, um, you know, it was definitely, what to review the issue, it was definitely sort of like a first part to a, like, a crazy tale. Uh-huh. But just on, like, art alone, it was like 10 out of 10. Like, this is such a crazy cool looking book that embraces Torres' own style and the craziness of um the x-men legion wow it's just wonderful like i mean the story could be the worst thing and i'd still be buying it just because <laughs> Torres and artists uh colorist i mean i'll pull up their name in a sec but mm-hmm. yeah just just wonderful fantastic and look um for Looney's Torres is no stranger as we mentioned uh he featured Quite a bit in Lemire's run, which was the uh, we we covered the whole run of that last year and, and a bit of this year. Uh, Torres took on the reins to uh, illustrate, I guess, Stephen Grant's perspective on life, and he had a, that very crisp, um, uh, very appealing kind of visual art style. Uh, and I guess it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he tackles Legion uh, this series, which I believe is a mini. Uh, does it does it relate at all to? Um, Cy Spurrier's uh, X-Men Legacy at all, Connor? Do you know? With, like, with Legion there? Not really. Okay. Yeah, this seems like something's... I think... I'm, I'm actually not sure how Legion even ended up back in the Marvel Universe, but it sounds like this series will cover it. Okay. But yeah, you know, a nice six-issue mini. We want those, you know, single sales, but if you were to pick this one up in a nice, concise trade, that'll also be, you know, a great-looking mm-hmm. read. Yeah, and look, I think it's... Um, I'm not sure if Marvel have uh, responded to a lot of the fans' requests now, but it seems they are They are kind of stating, uh, you know, whether things are limited series or not and, and giving it a finite number, you know, like one of six or one of five, which I think is a good thing because I, I think there was a lot of... Uh, there was a lot of annoyance from fans as well when, when titles were just, you know, stop running and just disappear kind of thing. Um, so I think that's a good step that Marvel have have taken because uh, it certainly started... Yeah, a, even... Yeah. Oh, sorry? Oh, I was about to say, it certainly started to appear, you know, around this whole legacy, um, like, relaunch. So, um, yeah, no, it's good. 
Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, even our um, Lemire's Moon Knight suffered it because they didn't say it was a, like a 14-issue series from yeah. out the gate. You know, when it ended at 14, people assumed their like, series had been cancelled, but, mm-hmm. you know, that was Lemire's running time. Yeah, yeah, that's how we right. wanted it. So, yeah, it's just, it's just such a smart move, and it makes you wonder how they didn't do it before, but, mm. you know, putting on the right track's always good. Yeah, true, true. And I think in general, um, I don't know, uh, the the state of Marvel at the moment, I've uh, been enjoying a lot of their titles. So, uh, yeah, I think a little bit of the heat's been been taken off them. Uh, they've, they've been kind of scrutinised. Um, look, they'll always have good titles and they'll always have bad titles, I guess. It depends on what you what you focus on. And, and as you said, Connor, look, the Inhumans, Judgment Day, capped off a, a, a generally a really good series as well. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> just my thoughts on Marvel. Um, yeah, so the last bit of news we also have here, I thought it included in, um, there seems to be confirmation now, um, from Netflix and actually from the, um, the mouth of one of the, one of the CEOs or, or, or directors there, um, basically stating that, uh, Apart from the current crop of Marvel Netflix shows, uh, there won't be any other new Marvel slash Netflix shows coming out, new characters. So that kind of kiboshed the uh, the whole rumours of um, you know of potentially getting a Blade or a Ghost Rider or a Moon Knight series from Netflix. But I think anyway, Connor, that doesn't um, in that doesn't include the possibility that on Marvel's own streaming service, which is available, which will be available soon, that we do get those kind of shows still. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, um, I think mainly the big takeaway from this article was the thing I was, I think we were always expecting when it came to Marvel, Netflix. Um, And it's, you know, in a way it's still frightening but i still think there's a lot of hope it sounds like these new characters will be very much ported to the new marvel streaming service and mm-hmm. streaming service and it i suppose it all depends how they get treated there but i i, th- I think i think marvel uh, marvel knows that there's still very much a market for this and they can't just have a violent universe existing on the ropes of five characters i think i i i think we'll be pretty safe in knowing in knowing that if Moon Knight does show up, he should be getting his own, his own, um, MA rating and makes mm-hmm. me wonder. So this still confirms that some Marvel Netflix shows are still happening, just not new ones? Um, it's- yeah, yeah. Basically, I think, uh, that what we have at the moment, uh, basically the Defenders, uh, plus the Punisher. Uh, so Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist and the Punisher, uh, are still kind of part of the Netflix stable and, uh, they'll, Basically, they'll keep on making them as long as, obviously, it, it does well for Netflix. Uh, but the, uh, I guess the emphasis was on uh, they won't be introducing any other new characters in there. Um, so uh, th- there's a potential downside to that in that, I guess, we may never... If, if there is a Moon Knight series in the, uh, the Marvel streaming service, he may never cross over and meet, say, Frank Castle or... Um, or Daredevil, uh, because they are essentially in their own self-contained universe, um, and potentially might have the whole problem again of, of Marvel trying to reclaim. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Whether they need to reclaim the Defenders and Punisher from Netflix in order to to bring them back in the fold. Um, there, there's a lot of hesitation as well. 
I guess, on uh, whether or not the Marvel streaming service being under Disney will uh, cater to that kind of MA rating. I'm not too worried about that. Look, they said as well, uh, articles a few weeks back, that, you know, we'll see and and we'll be sure to let the audience know what it is. You know, if it is an MA rating and, you know, then we'll give them an MA rating, but we'll, we'll be sure to tell the audience so you know it's not like you have family sitting down with their young kids and uh and they see the kingpin uh smashing smashing heads in in the car doors um but yeah uh i guess there's still just a a bit of flux as to what happens uh, now but at least i've confirmed that there won't be any more additional netflix characters uh marvel characters in the netflix universe so to speak which is a little a little sad i guess uh yeah i think I think generally, like, I'd just prefer it if they just ditched Netflix and brought all those characters over. I hate that separation. Mm. That just sounds more heartbreaking than to yeah. suffer, a, you know, a violent rating hit or something. Yeah, so I hope there's some change in that as well. And maybe, you know, we see the last of these seasons and then they start new seasons on the streaming service. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, it's, it's uh, I guess, for, for our... Um you know for us as loonies it, it's still like uh, seeing moon knight on screen anywhere is still a plus so it, it doesn't matter if he's on netflix or um or on the marvel streaming service or on abc um still be happy to to catch a live version of, of moon knight somewhere yeah yeah hmm so yeah, so that that kind of rounds out i think the the news for for this week connor um uh, yeah, kind of a, a an interesting note to end on with the uncertainty of the future. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a good week for news, and I suppose we'll, I sh- we should. Sounds like we should be hearing more about the streaming service in the future, as things seem to be uh, happening a lot faster now when it comes to getting everything ready. So bring it on. Yeah, and look, there's still plenty to, to look forward to as well. Like this year, we're chockers full of Netflix stuff. I mean, we've got Jessica Jones coming. We have uh, Luke Cage coming as well. Uh, Iron, Fist is, Iron Fist is in production, I believe. It's well in production. Uh, and, and obviously Daredevil Season 3 is, is in the way on the way as well. And, of course, we've been... There, there was an early announcement of Punisher Season 2. So there, there's still plenty ahead. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll just see how it goes. We've got a lot ahead of us. So, um, yeah, we can't complain, I guess, with content, quantity at least. Very much so, but I think when it, I don't know, there's no actually good segue here. <laughs> no. Um, I'm just going to say, let's head over the moon for our issue reviews. <laughs> hmm. <gasps> yes, um, so we, again, we're returning to our, um, our classic classic run and modern run uh look connor i thought as well we have a special guest again as our guest narrator we have the wonderful morgan roberts who is a photographer and a podcaster as well um and uh you know we approached morgan um for to be a guest narrator uh, and also to, you know, kind of get his thoughts on the issues as well. Uh, so he's actually returned with a, a really cool recording for both um, our classic and modern runs. So I don't want to say too much. Um, I reckon we can just leave it to Morgan uh, to give the introductions. I think that sounds like a wonderful plan.
Hey there, I'm Morgan Roberts, and I'm a photographer, a podcaster, and a comic book fan. And uh, I really like Moon Knight. I think he's a great character, and I recently finished the Jeff Lemire run and also got into the Warren Ellis run and have heaps of awesome Moon Knight sitting on my iPad ready to read, mostly recommended by the wonderful people here at the Into the Night Moon Knight podcast. Today I'm going to be doing the Bare Bones read uh, for Defenders Volume 1, Issue Number 51, Around with the Ringer. Um, this is courtesy of the Marvel Wiki page um, from September 1977. So, gee whiz, this is ducking back a bit. Um, from what Ray mentioned uh, about this is uh, only recently realised that Moon Knight had a very brief appearance in this issue, and so they had to chuck it in. Um, and uh, and so I'm really going to enjoy uh, getting my tongue around this little nice excerpt from a, a brief Moon Knight appearance in, in The Defenders. So here we go. So Defenders Volume 1, Issue 51, Around with the Ringer, September 1977 by David Kraft, with art by Keith Giffen and inks by Klaus Janssen. Letters uh, Jasper Saladino and Bruce Patterson. Colours by Phil Raish and editors Archie Goodwin. Nick Fury attempts to get answers from the LMD of Nick Fury himself as to what exactly happened that led to the death of Scorpio, his brother. Meanwhile, as a S.H.I.E.L.D. division cleans up the wreckage caused by last issue's grand battle, various other conversations take place. The Hulk mopes in the corner, unhappy at having felt ignored by Nighthawk, and slowly simmers with anger like a child sulking at the feet of his parents. Hellcat, having fought non-stop, and one of the few defenders without any discernible powers, is patched up by the medics as Valkyrie moves towards her and makes her concern known. Nighthawk and Moon Knight chat about the group dynamics and how Moon Knight appears to fit in quite well with the rest of the Defenders. And finally, Jack Norris, the man at the centre of the caper, speaks with Nick Fury too. He's still not happy with Fury after Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. captured, drugged and interrogated Norris before the whole fiasco with Scorpio. Gee whiz, what a fiasco. Things do not appear as they seem, as Norris is surprised to hear that the events with Fury weren't as he originally thought a side effect of being drugged. Fury reveals that it was in fact his S.H.I.E.L.D. operatives that were the ones behind the ill treatment of Norris, and Fury himself actually reproached them for the aggressive techniques that they used. Slightly ashamed at hearing the truth, Norris admits to Fury that he may have reacted a little too hastily towards Nick. Having now reached a sort of truce, Fury then recognises the heart and skill of Norris and so offers him a job at S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, sweet. I didn't think a job at S.H.I.E.L.D. would be that easy to get. Bloody hell. Fury advises Norris to think it over before giving his final answer as he watches the Fury life model decoy led away by the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Fury laments that though he did not know whether his brother Scorpio was alive or dead the past seven years, tragically, he finally has found that closure. As Nighthawk walks with Moon Knight outside, the Mooncopter appears, ready to whisk Moon Knight away. Before he leaps onto the rope ladder, Nighthawk has to ask Moon Knight how exactly he did escape the sealed trap by which Scorpio had ensnared Moon Knight. As it happened, Moon Knight reveals that the fortuitous beer that Scorpio handed Moon Knight was instrumental in his escape, as the trap filled with water 
Moon Knight drained the beer can and used the extra oxygen in the can alongside controlled breathing to give him enough time to affect his escape. Hey, what an awesome little ninja move. As Moon Knight floats up into the sky on his rope ladder, Nighthawk salutes the Avatar of Vengeance for both his bravery and genius. While in Russia, Tani is taken to a secret project known only as Sergei. While Valkyrie begins to establish a new life for herself by starting college, she meets Dollar Bill and Ledge. While a new villain known as Ringer tries to rob a bank, bringing him into conflict with Nighthawk. As Jack Norris comes looking for his wife, Hellcat takes him out for a walk to talk about his life. Nighthawk defeats Ringer and Valkyrie gets acquainted with her new friends, unaware that an attacker is in the shadows, stalking the students of Empire State University. Well, gee, I feel like I should go and... Give the rest of that a read. That sounds like a whole bunch of stuff going on with a whole bunch of little plots and subplots and extra plots and mini plots and a lot of chatting about life and, I don't know, sounds pretty fun. Well, that was Defenders Volume 1, Issue 51, Around with the Ringer by David Craft, September 1977. Negative 10. I was negative 10 in that year, so it's pretty well dated there. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, Morgan, for that first narration of a, of a difficult one because it, it is a very truncated appearance of Moon Knight in the overall issue. But uh, yeah, Morgan from um, from What Do You Make podcast giving us a, a fine narration to Defenders Fifty One. Connor, what a um, what a short but sweet little appearance by Moon Knight. Yeah, what a. A nice little uh, an explanation of an escape from a daring death trap, and then a away with the wind. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> who who knew that uh, you know such a little thing like the beer would would um, be his means of escape? Uh, I also just wanted to say I really liked Morgan's um, take on on Fury offering Norris the job there. It didn't really uh, take much for him to say, yep, yeah, you'd be uh, a fit shield agent for sure. I'm like, yeah, all right, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that's always been the thing with shield over the years, I think. I've always noticed in Marvel Comics, it's it, it it's never exactly the leadest. It's always failing, people yeah. just going in and out of it like nothing, villains, yeah. side characters, just a bit of everything. They're not exactly, you know... Number one business in the world, I think. No, and let's hope Maria Hill, when she took over the reins, she kind of tightened the ship up a bit because this uh, Fury Senior, I'm not too sure, <laughs> he's uh, he's grabbing people, he's abduct- abducting people, and then he's kind of offering them jobs. I don't know what's going on. But um, look, hey, let's go, Connor. I know that you have – look, there's only a few aspects to this. I think you've uh, you've nailed the biggest aspect of this, of this issue for, for Moon Knight's appearance. Yeah, let's talk about that beer for a second. We know beer was a big motif in the last four issues for whatever reason, and it was also the only reason Moon Knight was saved. He uh, poured out his beer. He um, (laughs) obviously pumped some oxygen into it and then uh, used it as a way to control his breathing and have an extra source of oxygen until the water pit, until he could open the valve. So, I mean, a beer saved his life, but... I don't know. I, it seems fitting for this I, run, I think. I think it's, it's my pre- takeaway. 
Yeah, I think it's pretty funny. Look, okay, the beer it did explain how he got to hold his breath a little bit longer, but it still didn't really explain how he got out of the out of the trap, which I think is just conveniently like um, left unsaid. Uh, sure, he had controlled breathing and he had the oxygen in the can, but you know he'd still have a bit of work to do trying to open that valve and uh, and you escape. Uh, unnoticed as well, but uh, you know, such is the writing of the um, of the Bronze Age, I guess. It's uh, <laughs> a few details here and there. Um, yeah, and and also, you know, look, the beer is also called Schlitz. I wonder if that's uh, an actual brand or not. Yeah, actually, that would make more sense why they have such a motif. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, so that's. Uh, that's pretty pretty much it for the for the aspect for this uh, small appearance by Moon Knight. Look, the only other aspect I put in it as well was obviously there was some some words exchanged between Nighthawk and Moon Knight in the fact that Moon Knight did so well um, fighting alongside the defenders that there was a possible you know even an indirect uh, um, suggestion that he kind of joined the team. Uh, which would have been interesting, but um, I think as as we know now from Moon Knight's canon that he's very much a lone, uh, a lone wolf, and uh, yeah, he he prefers to just jump on that rope ladder and and swing away to to his next adventure. Um, it's funny because kind of I always imagined uh, Spider Man, Daredevil, and Moon Knight to be very much um, lone figures when it comes to their crusading, uh, but we have seen over the years that Spider-Man, uh, and now even in the films, is part of the Avengers, uh, part of a team, and even Daredevil as well, he actually joins the Avengers at some point, which is very weird for me, because Daredevil to me is very much a, I do it myself, um, we also see Moon Knight in the Avengers as well, but he's always seen as a bit on the outer as well, and I think that's a really cool thing about Moon Knight. He's always uh, not totally with them all. Yeah, you know, it seems like um, at least you know, um, writer. Let's forget this writer's name. Poor, poor writer. Uh, <laughs> I think it's David Craft. David Craft. Yes, David Craft. You know, I think they had an idea of what they wanted to do at Marvel with his Lone Wolf range, which is pretty cool. Which is always. You know, kept such a big part of his character, as you said, which is mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah, 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 which is pretty cool. Um, any notes for this, Connor? I've got a couple. I've got off the top of my head here, just by uh, looking. Not really. So I'll let you no? take the floor. All right. Well, uh, the first one I thought was on the second page. We see we see Gemini from the Zodiac still there. Uh, now, if we remember from the, the previous issues, Gemini, obviously part of the, the villain's contingent, uh, but he was kind of sitting on the fence, and we saw last issue, he was the one that actually, I guess, tipped the scales and uh, and actually gave the advantage to the heroes who eventually ended up um, beating the villains. So it was a bit of a grey area for Gemini as to whether he or she is a good or bad um, figure, um, but we see we see him here with the medics, um, just saying be gentle with her, referring to Hellcat as the medics kind of patch her up. So I thought that's pretty cool to see Gemini still there. It would have been good to see Libra still there, Connor, but um, the intangible one seems to have vanished. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a solemn goodbye to her. Those are uh, 
those one-off appearances. But there's crazy. Uh, there's goodbye crazy friends. Yeah, goodbye, friends. We'll see you soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the other, the other one I I thought was. Um, I thought this was actually a little bit of bad form from Nick Fury himself. It was the explanation to Jack Norris about um, Jack Norris's abduction. And basically, uh, previously Norris had been abducted by Shield and put in a, a drug-induced state to try and to get him to try and get him to reveal some information. Uh, I think it was about the presidential candidate. Uh, and Fury here just basically he palms it off and he blames his underlings for it. He he basically says, "Oh, it wasn't me, but it was, uh, but it was my um, what did he say here? But um, but it was a couple of his boys who were giving him the third degree, and Fury says that um, I gave him a, a, a talking down to because of their techniques, but he took no responsibility there. Now I would have thought, as a good as a good manager or as a good a superior officer, you would take uh, take responsibility for what your your uh, underlings do so yeah I thought that was a little bad on Fury's uh, and I thought it was a poor excuse so I don't believe Norris should have um, accepted that apology yeah I agree Nick Fury was a total ass here you know Jack Norris suffered was mad at Fury and Fury's like nope I'm the hero here yeah always for your apology exactly get out of here I think I think that's even worse to try and kind of silence him he kind of goes you know well how about a job at shield then that will kind of you know smooth the uh, smooth things out which again is not something well is not a criteria as morgan pointed out um you know to to get into the um into shield so yeah yeah so a little uh a little bad form there from from nick fury from this issue uh, okay, Connor, I guess we can still maybe do some Crescent Dart ratings. I know this is, again, a very weird one because it's a very short one. But um, if we were to... It is a, it is a difficult one. <laughs> I mean, if we were to, if we were to grade this, uh, how, would you, how would you grade this one? Uh, I don't know. I guess I'd give it a, a blanket two and a half out of five Crescent Darts. Three. Ends it up nicely, ties a bow, sets up the next arc. It's not too bad. Just sort of the rest of the quality this run has been through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Total, uh, maybe the consistency is there. I'd give it a two and a half, which is, you know, it's right in the middle. Two and a half out of five. So it's not absolutely terrible, but it's, uh, you know, there are better stories out there. Um, and yeah, and uh, yeah, actually, as you said, it, it wrapped up things quite nicely because... Uh, although the story did wrap up uh, in issue fifty, uh, there were a, there was that hanging thing about how how did Moon Knight escape that trap? So it was good that they at least addressed that. So um, yeah, let's call that a uh, a fair two and a half crescent darts out of five for issue mm-hmm. fifty one. Well, so um, I think that ends the um, that pretty much ends the the defenders run there, Connor. Um, yeah. And uh, we've got a next. Uh, we've actually, apart from this, uh, the next run in the classic run, we see uh, Moon Knight team up with Spider Man. So that will be pretty exciting to. Oh, awesome! Yeah, pretty exciting to read. And uh, we've got a few things in the works there um, as to how we'll present that. But all will be revealed in the later issue, in the later episodes. Um, let's uh, let's move on to. We've got the final wrap-up to Resurrection War here, Connor, part four, um, the full moon. So, 
I'll look. I'll throw it uh, back. I'll, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I won't say anything. We'll just throw to Morgan. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> sorry, I cut you off. Um, all right. Well, uh, yeah. Let's uh, Morgan take it away. All right. Up next, we have Moon Knight Volume Three, Issue Number Four, Resurrection War, Phase Four, Full Moon. Now, without having read issues surrounding this, it was an interesting little, you know, straight up, but. You know, the comic gave me enough, I think, to sort of figure out what was going on. You know, there was a previous battle. Uh, he had a, already had a battle with Black Spectre. Um, and, yeah, and it was interesting having a, having a read as not really having read a lot. Of, I only got into comics a couple of years ago. And so not having read a ton of um, older issues, even... You know, even only so recent as nineteen ninety eight, which this was written, it's 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 funny seeing the over explanation of things and there's the scene where um Morpheus and Bushman are loading the crate uh with um a statue of Set in it into a plane and you know Enough Bushman, after Set's dark power perverts the UN conference, turning a dozen small wars into a single global conflict, you and I will confiscate the world. It's like, mate, you, you don't have to iterate your whole plan every time you talk about the plan. But it was fun, and it's a lovely way of, you know, seeing how comics used to be done, whereas, you know, you could look at a page like this in a more modern sort of run where, you know, Jeff Lemire writes, you know, two words and that's it. <laughs> but there's still plenty of script, there's plenty of stuff going on. So it's very interesting. So this is Moon Knight Volume 3, Issue 4, Resurrection War Phase 4, Full Moon. And April 1998 by Doug Mensch, uh, art by Tommy Lee Edwards and Robert Campanella, colours by Melissa Edwards, letters uh, by Ken Lopez and Mark Bernardo is the editor. Moon Knight suffers more dreams of past pain and horrors from his mercenary days. It's enough to steel himself against the dark forces ahead. And this is furthered by Conchu's messages to Moon Knight that Set must be stopped. All of a sudden, Set appears in Moon Knight's dreams too, and he destroys Conchu in front of Moon Knight's eyes. This is a funny section of the comic to read because I didn't initially realise it was a dream sequence and it was all very heavy-handed and strange and and then I was, uh, uh, you know, then it brings you into... Uh, Stephen awakening um, and realising it's a dream. Stephen awakens, then punches and cracks the mirror in front of him, frustrated at yet another one of his dreams. Convinced that Detective Flint is correct and that the UN conference will be the target for Set, Stephen leaves Marlene to meet up with Flint to gain more answers. Elsewhere, Bushman meets up with Morpheus at an airstrip near Cairo and he has with him the statue of Set. Their third accomplice, Black Spectre, is appointed with disrupting the airport, and by him doing so, the trio are able to load the statue on a chopper bound for New York. As Morpheus surmises, the power of Set will pervert the UN conference, resulting in global conflict, and will expose the world ripe for the taking. City Councilman Jonathan Vanken arrives home in the evening when suddenly he's accosted by the Moon Knight. The White Avenger gains information from Vankin on how Black Spectre plans to take over New York City 
fear, intimidation and delivery of threats have managed to buoy Black Spectre's rise to the top, and according to Vankin, he's not far from succeeding. Moon Knight motions for Detective Flint and his officers to come out. They've been monitoring the conversation and take Vankin in for further questioning. Flint, however, has more pressing concerns, that of the UN conference. But Moon Knight reassures him that he will take care of matters. A rope ladder drops down from above. The silent, ominous moon jet hovers above, and in an instant, Moon Knight is gone. Sorry, boys, had to have a sip of gin. Moon Knight changes to Jake Lockley. Does he change to Jake Lockley? I don't know. Doesn't he just... I don't know. Look, whatever. <laughs> Moon Knight changes to Jake Lockley and heads to Gina's diner where he asks Gina if her sons, Ricky and Ray, are willing to earn some cash for a bit of surveillance. Lockley wants eyes on Pier 23, the previous hideout for the Black Spectre. Ricky and Ray make their way to Pier 23 and soon tail a car from the pier to Queen's Mansion and in one of the limos they spot Black Spectre. Lockley tells the boys to keep following the limo as he changes into Moon Knight and readies for action. Ten minutes later, at a private runway, Black Spectre awaits in the car for the arrival of Bushman and Morpheus. Moon Knight gains the element of surprise and savagely yanks Black Spectre out through the car window. This was such a great panel as well, where his Moon Knight just appears in the frame and it's just this classic... Oh, it's just wonderful comics. As the two tussle, Black Spectre's henchmen attempt to join the fray, but are met with a flurry of arrows. It's Stained Glass Scarlet. She's perched up high, and like a red angel, she watches Moon Knight and picks off the henchmen one by one. Moon Knight continues to trade blows with Black Spectre, and even saves him from one of Stained Glass Scarlet's arrows, whose intent is to kill all enemies. This time, however, Moon Knight wins the fight, and with Black Spectre beaten but not killed... Moon Knight learns of Bushman and Morpheus' imminent arrival. One of the awesome panels in this uh, fight scene is the the classic camera shot where Moon Knight's looking in slightly frame left and you can see uh, the enemy behind him, Black Spectre, you know, not fully knocked out yet, pick up a knife or something and it's about to get him. You know, and then Moon Knight, you know, just reaches up his hand and smack smacks him down without turning around and looking at him in those class one of those classic comic moves oh it was just great as the chopper lands who as the chopper lands which carries bushman morpheus and the statue of set moonlight fiercely moonlight fearlessly rushes towards them and targets bushman crescent darts fly and bullets are dodged as moonlight tackles bushman and the two shatter through a hangar window amidst a crowd of civilians. The ferocity of the fight is short, but it is again Moon Knight who gains the upper hand as he neutralises Bushman just in time for Detective Flint to arrive and clean up. Gee, they always just have to come and clean up the cops, don't they? Gee, it's a shit job having a cop. Just come and clean up all the superhero, they'll get all the glory. With only one villain left, Moon Knight rushes out again, but is unsuccessful to reach Morpheus's chopper. As it flies off towards the UN conference with cargo in tow, Moon Knight hitches a ride on the Moonjet, and in an absolute feat of amazement, he glides from the Moonjet on his cape and crashes mid-air through the front window of Morpheus's helicopter, avoiding the blades by millimeters. 
Morpheus is a tougher opponent than Bushman or Black Spectre, and Moon Knight has a hard time resisting Morpheus' illusions and avoiding his ebon energy blasts. Not sure what is real or not, Moonlight, Moon Knight then sees the statue of Set come to life, and as it attacks him, the chopper spirals out of control. Moon Knight shrugs off his disbelief and kicks the statue out of the chopper, shattering it on the ground below. Instinctively, Moon Knight then evades Morpheus once more and knocks him out. With not much time left, Moon Knight jumps out of the chopper before it, alongside Morpheus, crashes into the harbour. With the threat now over, Moon Knight returns to Grant Mansion and ponders with Marlene and Frenchie as they still do not have the final answer. Does Conchu possess actual powers? Did Set ever possess equal but opposite powers? Was Steven resurrected by Conchu? Marlene doesn't know, nor does she care, as long as I can feel you, Stephen. I can touch you. I can love you. That's all I need to know. And then the Rachmaninoff plays. Well, that's a wrap. What a classic comic. Uh, some crazy comic capers happening in that one. Um... Thanks, guys, for having me on, doing the guest narration. Um, if anyone wants to know a bit more about what I do, you can find me on Instagram at Morgan C. Roberts. The C is an initial C. Uh, and, yeah, I've got a couple of others, but they're probably, look, to be honest, they're probably going to change the Instagram handle within a week, so there's no point in me telling you them because they'll all be different because I'm a fruitcake and change my Instagram handles all the time. Uh, but that one will stay the same. You can find me at Morgan C. Roberts on Twitter as well. Um, and I do a podcast called What Do You Make? Um, interestingly, I have had Levens and Siobhan um, from the Serious Issues podcast, both as guests uh, separately on my podcast. Um, so the episode with Siobhan actually is quite a great comic book discussion episode um so obviously if you're into this podcast you might want to check that out um but i do that podcast and every episode i make a photograph uh, of the guest who i have on uh, either in my studio if i'm at home or if i'm traveling and interviewing someone on the road uh interstate or whatever uh, i usually try and do some kind of environmental uh portrait of that person so there's a photo of siobhan outside the front of king's comics um so check that out uh, previous guest narrators of uh, of Into the Night podcast, Levins and Siobhan. Um, so thanks for having me on. Uh, that's my podcast. That's where you can find me on social. And uh, yeah, keep reading Moon Knight, guys. Great. Thank you so much, Morgan, for that second uh, narration. Uh, this time, wrapping up Moon Knight Volume 3, Resurrection War. So we got part four of four here, Connor. Um, a, a bumper of an issue. Um, very different from our brief uh, wrap-up of Defenders 51. Uh, mm-hmm. First impressions, what do, you, what do you reckon of this one? I really enjoyed it. I think, uh, first and foremost, it was a great great action comic like an incredible action comic which mm-hmm. is sort of like most of the issues bulk but um uh, you know it was kind of like a nice it was a nice finale almost in a way of like welcome back moon knight now you're set up for your next adventures sort of thing hmm i totally agree and i um and i think it was again alluded to by morgan there on the narration uh, this is very much a jam-packed action comic uh, to me it was very cinematic uh, a lot of the the action scenes were 
were, I think, ripped straight out of, I guess, celluloid. I can imagine them on the big screen. Um, very grand. And uh, Moon Knight's kept busy here. He's, uh, he's taking on all three uh, villains with a little help from Stained Glass Scarlet. But, uh, yeah, overall, quite a thrilling end to this arc of Resurrection War. Um, okay, uh, shall we head into the aspects here, Connor? Um, I think that sounds like a good time. Mm. What was... Uh, oh, look, do you want to go first, or...? No, I'll let you take it away. Okay. Uh, well, the... uh, you've got an aspect I was thinking of covering myself, so... Ah, uh, uh, yes. Well, yeah, the first one I thought, and it was kind of summed up in the last page of this, and it's been a running thread throughout the whole arc, or the whole series, uh, and that is basically was was set real uh and you know that expanded extended to you know is conchu real and is this whole thing kind of real or is it a figment of imagination or of morpheus's illusions uh and a lot of it is still very much um up in the air like we know uh we know morpheus is not a hundred percent mentally there but he can cast illusions as well and Morpheus is 100% sure of Set's existence, right? You know, the whole reason why he does this is is uh, to worship and, and uh, you know, to follow Set's ways. Um, in contrast, we have in the climax, when Moon Knight is on the helicopter there with Morpheus, Moon Knight starts to see the statue of Set um, turn into an animated figure. Now, we don't know whether that is... Well, we're led to believe that that is actually one of Morpheus's illusions because... When uh, when Moon Knight kicks the statue out of the helicopter, it, it's uh, it's verified by Frenchie as well that it was indeed a statue. It wasn't a it wasn't an animated living thing. Uh, when he kicks Set out of the um, helicopter, it smashes on the ground uh, as a statue. So um, so we as a reader uh, and you know the likes of Frenchie and such see it as just a statue. But we see Moon Knight and Morpheus, at least, um, see the the true face of Set, in that he he, he comes alive. Um, you know, this is just one big example of of a lot of the things that we see along the way as well. But I really do, um, yeah. One of the main things that they do try and grasp and tackle, especially at the end as well, with Marlene and what she says. Um, you know, were you really resurrected? You know, um, was Conchu the one that really brought you back? Uh, there are a lot of unanswered questions here, and, and Munch maintains this uh, ambiguity between what could possibly be supernatural uh, and uh, what is just a figment of one's own own mind. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, what do you reckon, Connor, with with that kind of aspect? Yeah, I'll bring this. I guess I'll. Um put my aspect as to um moon knight and faith to just talk about this here but yeah it was um mm -hmm. this issue and this run was a lot about faith you know um to sort of faith in yourself and faith in like some sort of power you know like you said it was really important to see that um you know black specter really did believe that set was the reason he was so much stronger mm -hmm. and that you know doing all this would grant him greater power and that might still be true we honestly just don't know and you know, Morpheus really shook the boat in this one, you know. Mm. Was he stronger because of Set himself, or did he become stronger and create Set? Was mm. Set real as well, or possibly just not that strong? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, in a way, a lot of ways, you know, I like the ambiguity. Um, yeah. Um, 
I suppose as we head into High Strangers after this, I kind of hope maybe we see some more questions answered. Um, yeah. But I think... I think in a lot of ways, um, I like... I like how... Um, just sort of how... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? How open this is. How mm-hmm. up to interpretation it is. And, you know, I think... You know, that sometimes sucks and can sometimes be the mark of a poor storyteller, but I think knowing this was, um, this was, um, uh, this was Monch's, um, you know, like, finale, this is what he wrote this run for, it kind of ends in a way that supports that really well and doesn't feel so like, oh, that's it, sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I I think, uh, just, just going off your point as well, I think, um, the beauty of Munch's writing here is that the, the tension he creates like for so long we're led to believe that uh everything will will culminate in this uh un conference meeting you know a very tropey thing about getting set over to the un conference we, we don't even see that happen in this the story ends before that even is reached you know uh, moon knight uh squashes that that uh mission to get set over there um but i think the tension of of what would have happened? Like we're thinking, okay, what would have happened if if uh, Morpheus did make it to the UN conference? Would there be global conflict? You know, would there be chaos, or would there just be a madman bringing a statue over there and really nothing happening? I mean, I'm sure he's got illusion; he can cast illusions and stuff. But um, so we're kind of left with that tension because it's kind of unresolved. I mean, for me, I thought like just when I was reading it. Uh, there's that expectation to reach that that climax, that point of when they get to the UN conference, and the fact that it isn't reached, um, I think, creates that tension that we get, uh, and and also kind of leaves things up in the air, as you as you say, leaves things open, uh, and uh, and look, I, I think that's a sign of a, of a good storyteller as well. I mean, you don't want to spell everything out to the reader. To spell everything out would be quite boring, actually. So to leave things open and to your own interpretation is, um, is I think, really cool. It, it reminds me kind of, um, just in a little way, of the killing joke. You know how there's that ambiguity at the end of it mm. when Batman and, and the Joker are there. You don't know what happens and... Um, it's Alan Moore, isn't it? Is it Alan Moore or Frank Miller? Yes. Uh, Alan Moore, yeah. Uh, Alan Moore. Alan Moore, and they're wondering, okay, what happens? Does Batman kill the Joker? You, you don't know. And I love that kind of, um, yeah, things are kind of left up in the air. So, uh, yeah, that was a common thread throughout throughout all, and I thought it just culminated with the um, that massive scene in the helicopter with, um, with Moon Knight and the statue of Set. Uh, how, how about one of your aspects there, Connor? I know it kind of tied in there with the the faith, but you you were talking about the power of faith. Uh yeah, I'll get to that after your next point. Actually, um, okay. I also want to add to uh, your ending there when you spoke about you know what would have happened if Morpheus got to the UN. I like as well that you know it didn't down, go down the path. That, oh no, like a really tro- a big trope of uh, like some superhero comics is like, uh, you know. You know, this god character is the reason everything in human history happened, and it was yeah. the reason World War Two happened, or something like that. Yeah. You know, this was there was a lot of like, as you said, there was ambiguity. Not only was there ambiguity with Set, but also his power. You know, like mm. 
Moon Knight acknowledged that terrible things happen in this world without Set's influence. Like, even if Set became a power, like, what could that have meant for the world? Would it have just been something they could have stopped? Would the world really have been plunged into darkness? Mm. Which is, I suppose, the poetic writer Monch would have wanted to leave us on. Yes. Yeah, I think... um, before we continue singing his praises, I want to swing to the art that, um, so this issue was a big, big roundhouse of fighting on all fronts. Yeah. And of course that leads a lot to, uh, Tommy Lee Edwards, but, uh, also mm-hmm. as a matter of Tommy Lee Edwards and is it Melissa Edwards? Melissa Edwards, and yeah. Colors. The, the colors, yeah. Yeah, the fantastic, that was a great contrast of light and dark in this issue, especially, you know, there's a lot of really deep battles in the night. I love, um, such great fight scenes that always seem punctuated by, you know, the darkness punctuated by machine gun fire mm. or something else or something more. And it just, it just, um, and the way it's used to show, you know, whether someone's winning, you know, when Moon Knight's ever failing in this issue, it's always dark, you know, when um, Morpheus shoots his Ebon energy, it's Moon Knight shrouded in darkness trying to escape. Yeah. But when he's got the upper hand, it's the... It's this light burning panel of um, Moon Knight kicking um, set out of out of the plane. It's just this oh, great hello. contrast of what the story's trying to tell us with these conflicting powers of light and dark, and it's just great artistic storytelling as well as this incredibly detailed and um, incredibly fluent um, art by Edwards with incredible scenes of punches and kicks and a lot of great scenes with um, flying through glass, especially that was a big motif. Tackles and punching through windows and helicopter yep. uh, panels. So, you know, it was just a great action issue all around with the colours once again being such an important part of storytelling that just made it such a delight. Yeah, look... And I know I'm rambling, but... No, yeah. no. No, that's, no, that, no, that's great. I, I just want to also point out as well, and, and um, so I had not given that information to, to Morgan as well. Actually, from pages 17 to 21... Uh, it's not Tommy Lee Edwards' art. It's uh, John Paul Leon's. And you can see a slight difference. It is quite similar. So you, you, it's kind of mm. easy to maybe not pick up. But um, there is a shift in the art um, from page, say, 17. And I think that's in particular the, the fight with Bushman. So mm. I, I'm only assuming um, Tommy Lee Edwards had some, some uh, timing difficulties with schedule or, or something. Um, so... John Paul Leon stepped in. Uh, very similar art, but yeah, this crashing through the window, it was awesome. One with Moon Knight and Bushman um, through the, the airport hangar. Uh, and uh, yeah, just um, these action scenes were just brilliant. And with the, the, the casting of light and dark, um, again, I think Edwards with Melissa, Edwards, as you say, are just brilliant. And you can see that more in their pictures. Um, I mean, if you do a, a, a quick comparison between John Paul Leon's pages 17 to 21 and the rest of the issue you can really see the difference of uh of how tommy lee edwards treats shadow and dark it's really cool and i think as well the fact it looks john paul leon's and tommy lee edwards art looks so similar is luckily keeping a consistent colorist as well yes yeah and it's just it's just a nice fit like they made the smart choice getting john paul leon as well Mm. yeah for sure uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, so uh, my movie, just going on to my next aspect, which was um, which was tying into this actually, was just how unstoppable Moon Knight was. I mean, we have a guy here who's ta- taking on basically three of his main arch rivals, 
and uh, we know later on in the in series later on how difficult it is to actually just to, to beat one. Um, yet Moon Knight here manages to incapacitate Bushman, um, who is no slouch when it comes to hand-to-hand combat. Uh, he manages to knock him out and uh, leaves Detective Flint, as, as Morgan states, um, leaves the cops to clean up the mess. Uh, but he also, just prior to that as well, he he uh, he beats Black Spectre, who had previously uh, had beaten him quite easily in the in the tussles that they had um, they had fought in uh, earlier on in this in in uh, Resurrection War, and then finally uh, with a fantastic look, I was talking about um, cinematic kind of action sequences, the uh, the scene where Moon Knight glides from his own Mooncopter. Um, through the air on his cape and smashes through the through Morpheus's helicopter windscreen was just uh, it's quite inspired actually it was really cool but uh, he takes on Morpheus uh, arguably the the strongest out of all the three villains and uh, he manages to to beat him as well so uh, we have rather a an unstoppable Moon Knight here Connor yes and I uh, and just sort of tying in i'll include my next aspect once again this becomes moon knight so unstoppable like um black specter had been before him is because he feels so empowered you know not Mm -hmm. only does he it's possible you know once again conscious influence was it really there was it all in his head but it's once Mm -hmm. again moon knight accepting his role back from the dead and just swing it one to these guys you know yeah he's so assured of the quest he has to do and whether he even, he has the moon, he always has the moon to guide him, whether it's conch or not, it doesn't matter, because, you know, this is his path, this is his goal, and it's just, wham, bam, you know, three of his biggest villains that can sh- take him down in other other series, in yeah. whole arcs of just one-on-one fighting, where Moon Knight gets the shit beat out of him, but here, he's a, he's not having it, he's taking him down. Yeah, I, I guess it shows that um, when you're totally focused and your mind is clear, um, how effective you can be, which is basically this here. It, it kind of reminds me, Connor, of um, those, you know, those, uh, I don't know, those kids' films or something where just say, for instance, the little kid is uh, is not playing, like, baseball all that well, but uh, his dad or someone gives him a baseball bat and says, this is a magical bat, you know, you can, you can score limitless runs with it. And uh, it's because he believes it. That he uh, that he does it, you know, and uh, but in reality, it's just a normal bat. If you, if you know what I mean, it's a bit of a strange analogy, but um, it's kind of how I see it here as well. Like Moon Knight is kind of he's clear of thinking now, and he's got faith. And whether or not Conchu is real or not, he has faith in himself, uh, and with that, he's able to um, he's, he's able to be the the great superhero that he is, able to do. Uh, crazy feats like like jumping from uh, copter to copter, uh, helicopter to helicopter. It's, it's fantastic stuff. Hmm, hundred hundred percent. Yeah, could uh, could not agree less. I'm um, just and a great use of um truncheons and yeah 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 all that jazz in here as well. Oh, that's all. Yeah, always there. Yeah, he's, he's almost like yeah. Actually, just kind of reminded me. Yeah, it, it de- uh, definitely you know. Reeks back to Moon Knight's, you know, truly taking back the cow. Uh, the cow. Mm-hmm. Cow. Yeah. Mm, strange. The cow, just because of how fearless he is, he's someone who, you know, prefers to take the hit and just yeah. doesn't matter how much he takes, will always stand up. He's, yeah. And, you know, the, the the leaps of faith he makes that um could end in his death, but regardless, he'll do it to, to win sort of thing. It's just... Yeah. 
all done without, you know... Yeah, he's kind of like the epitome also of, like, the man without fear, isn't he? I, I keep on going back to it, but, like, we talk about Daredevil having no fear. Um, Moon Knight can very well be the same, you know, cut from the same cloth. He, uh, he really is just fearless when he does does anything. Uh, and, you know, that could be a, a partly due to he's a bit crazy as well, so he kind of loses that um, inhibition. But, uh, yeah... Yeah, it's always uh, always fun to see Moon Knight in action scenes. He's great. Mm, 100%. Um, yeah, I'm not... Uh, is there any extra notes you want to add? I feel like we've covered Moon Knight's daring, uh, daring yeah. quest. Oh, just a little note I had was... Um, <laughs> look, as much as we said, it was really great that uh, things were left um, ambiguous. It was, it was really cool as well. Um, there was a little niggling thing you know, with me um, wanting, you know, wanting answers, which you'll never get in a story like this. <laughs> but um, just the the thing about how Mark indeed was resurrected, because it was such a, it was resurrected in such spectacular fashion. Um, like if if you think about it, like in real world stakes, yeah, like he was dead for a while. He was dead, like buried, right? And Mar- if you think about it in real world stakes, he wa- Marlene and Frenchy walk into the mansion. And the statue explodes, and Mark's Mark's there. Now, look, whether the statue actually exploded or not, maybe it didn't even explode. Okay, let's put that aside. But where the hell did Mark come from then? He was buried. Like, he was gone. So um, there's got to be some sort of, uh, you know, there was that kind of explanation I was, I was hoping to at least be led towards or at least hinted towards and how that happened but i guess it must be down to you've got to put it down to the supernatural lot well, the to to conchu and and some sort of influence there yeah i definitely think possibly he does make it more clear of conchu's presence than anything because yeah. yeah really thinking back to it the way he returned and conchu's influence i do think very much this is um possibly you know just as much setting up conchu and marks uh whether they you know how they reunite, um, yeah, and just seem to become such a powerful force together. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's definitely a takeaway. And it's not, you know, I do like the ambiguity, but possibly yeah. with another issue, the ambiguity couldn't could have become less, yeah, yeah, ambiguous while still being ambiguous. But you know, once again, it is still like a tight ending that probably yeah. would have had to be more, you know, less less yeah. clear if he had to, you know, push five issues instead. So yeah. No, exactly. And and look, um, what we spoke about a little bit earlier as well, I wouldn't mind actually rereading this again um, all the way through from part one to part four because we did kind of read it like in a serial format um, and uh, with four-parters for me, uh, it, uh, it could work both ways. It could be a good thing or a bad thing. But I don't know. I'm just interested to see how fluid it is um, if we read it you know, part one to part four, one after the other. That would have been cool. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we can go to uh, Crescent Dart ratings for this, Connor, to wrap up Resurrection War. Um, yes. All right. I would, look, hey, I would, I would give it a solid four out of five again. I think I really enjoyed this, this, uh, this issue myself. I think the last two issues of Resurrection War really do kind of hit a home run so to speak um uh again the art is is great and there was no hiccup by having a an interim artist in in between it was quite fluent um 
you know, if you read it, you know, from front to back, you can easily think that it was the same artist. It was very, very well, um, very well chosen, like the other artist. Uh, and again, art as usual, the colours um, and, and the art was was fantastic. But again, you know, action wise, I love my action, and this had it had it in spades. And and we get to see Moon Knight beat up on three of his main villains, so I was very, very happy with that. So I'd, I'd give it a four. Um, I think I think four is a nice number. It was it was still you know a very great action packed issue with great art and kind of um you know wrapped it up nicer than I was expecting. I was really expecting this to be rushed, and that could still still possibly be said. But I mm-hmm. think it I think it definitely worked. You know, Moch planned this out better than I was expecting with with that nice finale. But I think uh you know just sort of in general it's still probably not like the most standout Moon Knight story. Yeah, you know, true. it's still very much kind of a simple return. Um so yeah, you know, like four out of five is just what a nice number I'd give it. it it's it's a it's it's a perfectly good fitting uh return for Moon Knight with his um with his cast all set back up his powers and I mm-hmm. think it's a smart way to reintroduce him to the status quo with 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 a story alongside. So I mean when looking at it that way, um, mm-hmm. not much um, else to ask for with the four out of five being a, yeah, I think a good rating for an issue. And yeah. I look forward to um, High Strangers now even more as well. Yeah, yeah, that will be um, it'll be interesting as well. High Strange, High Strangers, which um, apparently the correct title High Strangeness, but uh, somehow I, oh, okay, yeah, but apparently uh, High Strangers uh, was featured on all the covers. But if you look at the um, the inside of the covers, uh, the first page High Strangeness. Um, but yeah, that would be a, a, an interesting run to cover as well, Connor. Um, I was thinking, I thought um, for our next modern run, since we've uh, we've wrapped up this one, I was hoping we might tackle the big one. We might tackle Houston's run. What do you reckon? Um, you know what? Let's do this. I think we're all in. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the... I mean, I only say one of the big ones because, uh, well, A, a bit self-indulgent. It is one of my favourite runs. <laughs> one of my favourite runs. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, um, it, I think it'll be fun to cover. Look, there's a lot of loonies talking about it as well. I mean, we can, we can always do High Strangers as well. I, I don't mind. Um, but with our classic run, as usual, we'll be going along our... Um, our usual thread. So the next appearance that Moon Knight appears in in comics throughout history will be the next run, which I do believe is Spectacular Spider-Man 22 and 23. So, um, yeah, we've got that ahead of us. Anyway, I guess that wraps up our Over the Moon review. Once again, thanks uh, to Morgan Roberts for the fantastic narrations and for the... I love the... um. I love the comments and and uh, yeah, the commentary was awesome. Yeah, the comments along the way as well. I I, I told Morgan, I said that's brilliant what you've done. He said I, I might encourage other guest narrators to do that as well because it's it's really cool to not only hear someone narrate but to get their insight as well. Yeah, for for sure. Yeah, big thanks to um to Morgan. Uh, his podcast is fantastic. Such a wide range of um you know not just comic readers but all walks of life and just interesting looks at their respective really you know fun while being intellectual and all that great stuff you know it was a great commentary by morgan and yeah who knows we might even hopefully see his return back on here so yeah thanks very much morgan yeah that'd be great that'd be great um next phase connor who do we what do we have what do we have next phase yes we have the big one back <laughs> at it again 
Bemis with a after his eight page preview, we have the full issue <laughs> dropping this coming Wednesday, yep. and our next episode will be focused on Moon Knight Volume Nine, issue one hundred ninety one, Crazy Runs in the Family Part Four. We have someone from the uh, Facebook group coming in to narrate for us. Yeah, awesome. And as long as we don't ramble on for way too long, <laughs> we're looking at True. also including a wonderful uh, Funko Pop classic Moon Knight review. So look forward to that, my friends. Look forward to that. Yeah, that that will be good. Hopefully, third time's a charm for uh, for the Funko Pop. <laughs> we, we've been trying to get it on, but uh, look, there's just been so much so much moony goodness around. So it was hard to uh, hard to stop talking about the other stuff like the TV appearances and, and such. So uh, yeah, look, hopefully we're going to be just ish- reviewing that one issue next week. So we should have a, a little bit of wiggle room to um, to include the Funko Pops. Both Connor and I have them um, ready to go. Can't wait. Oh, also Connor, my gosh, I haven't forgot to add it into the news as well. Another bit of uh, information was that um, I think they had more confirmation of the Minimates uh, for, for Moon Knight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, that is still... I think it's. I think you can pre-order them now. Uh, and so, Looney's, what that is is that you get... Uh, there are four sets of two Minimates. I'm not really familiar with Minimates, but you get um, Daredevil and Iron Fist as one. You, you get uh, Jessica Jones and Purple Man as the other. Uh, you also get Luke Cage and, oh my gosh, I can't remember who the other person is. Uh, and then you get Moon Knight and the Punisher as well. Um, so there are eight Minimate figures, and if you collect all of them, you get um, little parts, components to build a figure and create Quake from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, oh, Ghost Rider. I think Luke, Luke Cage is with Ghost Rider. So, um, so all those characters are really right in our wheelhouse, Connor. So, um, yeah, Loonies, if you're keen, uh, there's a Moon Knight figure in there as well. Um, we'll have to go grab those ourselves and do a review of those as well. I think that sounds like a good reason to get me to buy stuff I would feel <laughs> otherwise bad about doing. So, yeah, thanks, exactly. podcast, for being a great part of that. Exactly. Clear conscience. Clear conscience. <laughs> um... Okay, so we've got the next spectacle. Again, I just wanted to shout out, um, as we mentioned, Morgan Roberts, fantastic narrator. Um, he can be found on Instagram, as he said. And as he said, his handles change. So um, uh, you can try him at, at Morgan Roberts Photo or at Morgan Roberts Weddings. Um, um, he's on Instagram there. He also has a website for his photography, morganrobertsphotography.com. So go check that out. Uh, as he mentioned, he is also a multi-talented guy. He's also a podcaster. So he does What Do You Make, which is a great podcast. He interviews um, uh, creative people from all walks of life, um, whether they be, as he mentioned, uh, Levins and Siobhan, um, from podcasters, comic collectors, musicians, uh, comedians, um, you name it. He interviews them all. Uh, very, very entertaining stuff. Uh, and that can be found on all good podcast catches like Apple Podcasts or, or Overcast. Um, he has a website for that at www.whatdoyoumake.show, S-H-O-W. And uh, as he mentioned as well, he's on Twitter um, at Morgan C. Roberts. So um, we'll put up all the info as well uh, on our social platforms and we'll, um, we'll, we'll shout him out as well because uh, he's done a great job with the narrations there. 100%, yeah. Um, and where you can find our very own selves, we are at intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com. 
Our Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slash itkmoonnight for a fantastic group of Moonies talking 24-7. We have facebook.com slash groups slash into the night. You can find us at Twitter at itkmoonnight. Our podcast page, we are now on the lovely podcast hosting service that is just wonderfully easy to use and for you guys to download from uh, Libsyn at intothenight.libsyn.com. And then you can find us on Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube, Hopefully, all your podcast catches you guys are using at Into the Night, a Moon Night podcast. We're now on Spotify as well, I believe. Yeah. Which is a lovely place you can find us if that's your host of choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so plenty plenty of places to find us. Thank you once again, Loonies, for, for giving us a listen. Um, yeah, we're cracking into 2018. We've got a few few things planned ahead, um, which Connor and I uh, um, are still working through, but um, are just around the corner, so can't wait to reveal that for you guys. Uh, and uh, yeah, as, as we mentioned earlier, Connor, we've got, um, there's a lot of comics now that Moon Knight will be featured in, so that will keep us busy with the modern runs, well, with the current runs. Yeah, um, yeah, 100%. Who knows how we'll be doing on our classic run as we hit our damnation and whether we cover some of those times as well, I guess yeah. the future will tell. The future we'll will... come back here for Beamus Burroughs goodness next week. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, well, I guess if that's all from us, I will sign us off. Um, may Conch mm. <laughs> you watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Goodbye, everyone. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.